Hello, this is Nikdha from Newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Monday, the 13th of July. With over 28,000 new infections being recorded again, the number of total coronavirus cases in the country has risen to more than 8.7 lakh. 500 fresh fatalities were recorded in the last 24 hours, taking the death toll to above 23,000. This is yet again the biggest single-day jump in infections. The Union Health Minister Harshwardhan has finally admitted that a specific deadline or timeline for the coronavirus vaccine cannot be given at the moment. He also once again reiterated that there is no community transmission of the virus in the country. India, however, remains the third worst affected country in the world. After Home Minister Amit Shah claimed yesterday that India's efforts to tackle the COVID crisis was one of the most successful battles, Congress leader Rahul Gandhi took to Twitter to take a dig at the Home Minister's statement. With a graph showing the steep curve of coronavirus cases in India and the United States, Gandhi said, and I quote, India is at a good position in COVID-19 battle, question mark, unquote. Pharmaceutical company Glenmark has reduced the prices of its antiviral drug Favipiravir for COVID-19 treatment by 27%. The tablet, which was priced at 103 rupees earlier, will now cost 75 rupees only. The company had launched the drug under the brand name of Fabiflu last month. The Indian Railways is all set to replace conventional dustbins with more compact dustbins to improve sanitation in 5,000 railway coaches. The new dustbins are equipped with an inbuilt piston to crush garbage inside the bins and create room for extra waste, thereby preventing spillage of trash inside the coaches. The Supreme Court, meanwhile, has adjourned a plea challenging the blacklisting of foreign nationals by the Home Ministry for attending the Tablighi Jamaat congregation in Delhi till next week. The surge in COVID-19 cases has boosted the demand for pulse oximeters, but Indian manufacturers are complaining that zero customs duty on medical devices to tackle the infection has led to the market being flooded with imports, cutting into their market share. They have also raised questions about the dependence on China when it comes to components. They also highlighted the lack of effective regulation and certification for the device that measures oxygen levels in blood, a key parameter to flag the onset of COVID. Several states reported their highest single-day spikes, following which, over the course of the last few days, many states have been reimposing lockdown for varying periods of time. Mumbai recorded a doubling rate of 50 days. The city, once a hotspot accounting for the largest share of COVID-19 infections in the country, is gradually seeing a reduction in its share of the country's total caseload. Statistics compiled by the state's excise department show that alcohol consumption between April and June across Maharashtra was down by 59% as compared to the consumption level for the same period last year. At least 480 students from Maharashtra, most of them pursuing graduate medical courses in Russia, who could not make it to the Vande Bharat flights, are set to return to the country on a private chartered flight. More than three-fourths of the Pune police will be deployed on the ground to enforce the 10-day lockdown in Pune, which started today. Maharashtra's BJP President Chandrakant Patil has alleged that massive corruption has taken place in the state during COVID-19 management. The BJP leader also claimed that the COVID-19 situation in Dharavi slum came under control due to the efforts of the RSS workers. In Delhi, where cases are nearing the 1.1 lakh mark, Chief Minister Arvind Kejriwal termed pulse oximeters as Suraksha Kavach or protective shield that have helped minimise COVID-19 deaths of patients in home isolation. Delhi government has provided pulse oximeters to corona patients undergoing home isolation. 
Deputy Chief Minister Manish Sisodia said preparations are underway to set up a second plasma bank at Lok Nayak Hospital in the capital. Karnataka is now the fifth worst affected state in the country. The state currently has more active cases than Delhi and Gujarat put together. Karnataka's COVID-19 expert and technical advisory committees recommended a minimum three-week lockdown in Bengaluru amid a surge in COVID-19 cases. The city reported 1,525 new cases on Sunday. Karnataka for the first time conducted over 40,000 tests over a single weekend. In view of the one-week lockdown announced in Bengaluru, the Karnataka State Road Transport Corporation has announced 800 buses to various destinations. The former Prime Minister and JDS Supremo H.D. Devigora demanded the state government to impose a one-week statewide lockdown to curb the spread of the disease. In the second instance of Karnataka releasing personal data of those affected by COVID-19 online, details of those in home quarantine were available in public domain for hours before being taken down. The list of thousands of people across 30 districts of the state, including their full names, mobile number, address and date of completion of home quarantine, was visible on the Parihara website. The details could also be downloaded and exported to an Excel sheet format. A health department official, however, called it a technical glitch. Karnataka Tourism Minister C.T. Ravi has tested positive for COVID-19. He is the first minister in the state to test positive for the virus. Kerala government has imposed an enhanced triple lockdown in the coastal areas which have been declared as critical containment zones. State government, central government and private offices and other institutions in these areas will remain closed till 23rd of July. In Gujarat, one of the top five affected states in the country, a woman constable from Surat has been transferred for a surprising reason. This was after she confronted the son of a BJP politician for violating lockdown rules in Surat. Maybe not so surprising after all. Thankfully, an inquiry has been set up after audio and video clips of the incident created an online outrage. In Uttarakhand, the state congress has demanded action against state BJP leaders for allegedly violating physical distancing norms at a function held at the party office in Dehradun in the presence of the chief minister, Trivendra Singh Rawat. In Uttar Pradesh's Aligarh, a congress leader and 38 party workers were also booked for violating prohibitory orders after they staged a protest against the high electricity bills in the state. Four weeks after the gradual unlocking of Srinagar began, a fresh lockdown has been announced in parts of the city, starting from 5pm on Sunday. The decision to enforce another lockdown in an area covering more than half of the city comes after Jammu and Kashmir administration's announcement that the Union territory will reopen for tourism and the city's public spaces and gardens will be open. The lockdown announcement follows a spike in COVID-19 cases over the last three weeks. On the brighter side, Himachal Pradesh has reported no new cases of COVID-19 today. Nagaland, however, recorded its highest single-day jump of 71 COVID-19 cases. The authorities in Mizoram, meanwhile, have fined more than 18,000 people for violating lockdown norms since May 4th. The Union Ministry of Housing and Urban Affairs has sent a notice to the Press Trust of India asking it to pay more than 84 crore rupees as a penalty for alleged breaches at its office in New Delhi. In 1999, to mark the Press Trust of India's Golden Jubilee, the agency's website had shared these words by K.R. Narayanan, the former President of India. And I quote, We got independence in 1947. But independence in news and information we only got with the establishment of PTI in 1949. That is the significance of PTI. 
unquote. Narayanan's remarks summed up the legacy of India's oldest and largest news wire service. Now, cut to 2020. The agency, after its coverage of the India-China border issue, stands accused of anti-national reportage. And the allegation comes straight from India's state broadcaster Prasar Bharti. On June 27th, Prasar Bharti sent a letter to PTI threatening to cancel its annual subscription to the news agency. The reason, according to the government control Prasar Bharti, was that the recent news coverage by PTI was detrimental to national interest and undermined India's territorial integrity. To find out more about what is going on, please read Ayan's report titled Unfair and Shocking. Former PTI chief flays Prasar Bharti for calling its coverage anti-national. Listeners, this is not one newspaper or TV channel we are talking about. PTI is the largest wire agency in India. It is a non-profit cooperative among more than 500 Indian newspapers and has about 500 full-time employees as of January 2020, including about 400 journalists and 500 part-time correspondents located in most of the district headquarters of the country. As you can tell, this seems to be yet another attack on press freedom in India. Like I told you even yesterday, India ranks 142nd out of 180 countries in the World Press Freedom Index. Press freedom is key to a healthy democracy and we, as the citizens of this country, need to step up. News Laundry was set up with this very idea at its core, the independence of media. This is exactly why we do not take any ads from the government or any other sponsors. Because we do not want anyone to come in between you and the truth that you deserve to hear. So do your bit and support us by subscribing to newslaundry.com. Now for some international updates on the virus. COVID-19 has infected over 12.9 million people around the world, out of which 569,000 have died. The American state of Florida reported the highest single-day total of new coronavirus cases by any state since the start of the pandemic. Florida has reported more than 15,000 new infections. While the number reflects the increasing testing, it also highlights the surge in transmission of the virus. Hospitals are strained, leading to shortages in a key antiviral drug. The fears about the rate at which the state lifted restrictions on movement and commerce have also increased. The increase in cases comes as Disney World led tourists back. The Republican National Convention is also set to begin in Jacksonville in August, while Governor Ron DeSantis has ordered that public schools should reopen for five days a week when classes resume next month. The governor said, and I quote, If you can do Home Depot, if you can do Walmart, if you can do these things, we can absolutely do the schools. Unquote. Deaths in Mexico from coronavirus pandemic have crossed 35,000, with the Latin American country overtaking Italy for the world's fourth highest total deaths. This past week saw a record daily number of new infections in the country, but President Obrador said that he was optimistic and blamed what he called conservative media for causing alarm. Argentina has crossed 100,000 cases of coronavirus infections. The country is struggling to contain the spike in case rates. This is despite a strict quarantine being imposed on the capital Buenos Aires and its surroundings. The country had imposed a strict quarantine in mid-March to stop the pandemic, but it relaxed restrictions slightly in May. South Africa has extended measures to curb the spread of the virus as the number of cases in the country continue to rise. Starting from Monday, a nightly curfew will be reimposed. Also, wearing a mask is now mandatory in all workplaces, vehicles and common closed areas. 
In South Korea, one in three patients seriously ill with COVID-19 showed an improvement in their condition after being given the antiviral drug Remdesivir. However, further research is yet to be conducted to find out whether the improvement was solely due to the drug or other factors such as patients' immunity and other therapies contributed to it. Remdesivir has been at the forefront of the global battle against COVID-19 after it helped shorten hospital recovery times in a U.S. clinical trial. South Korea, which has been lauded for its effective methods of handling the pandemic, is seeing a resurgence of new virus cases, with above 60 being reported on Monday. Now for some non-coronavirus news. A BJP MLA in West Bengal was found dead in an open veranda outside a shop early this morning in North Dinajpur district, about 455 kilometers away from the capital Kolkata. This has triggered allegations from the BJP that he was killed. Bengal police has said that a suicide note was found in the politician's pocket. The market where the MLA Debendranath Ray was found hanging is about one kilometer away from his home. This morning, local residents spotted his hanging body and called the police. In a series of tweets, Bengal police wrote, and I quote, Today morning, dead body of MLA Hematabad Debendranath Roy was detected hanging from the veranda ceiling of a mobile shop at Balia, Debenmoor, Raiganj. A suicide note has been recovered from the shirt pocket of the deceased. Two persons have been named in the note as responsible for his death. Unquote. The police said that all necessary steps of investigation, such as the use of tracker dogs, visit of forensic experts, etc., have been taken. The post-mortem is yet to be done. The cops also requested people to not jump on speculative, biased and judgmental conclusions and to wait for the investigation to be completed. The MLA's family has demanded a probe into his death, with one family member saying that some people had come to the house at 1am and had called him away. A new 75,000 crore fund has been announced by Google to help accelerate India's digital economy. The company's CEO, Sundar Pichai, asserted that Google is proud to support Prime Minister Narendra Modi's vision. Marking one of its biggest commitments to a growth market, the tech giant said that the fund would be used over the next five to seven years through equity investments and tie-ups. Pichai, on a webcast during the annual Google for India event, said, and I quote, This is a reflection of our confidence in the future of India and its digital economy. Unquote. Earlier today, Prime Minister Modi tweeted saying that he had an extremely fruitful interaction with Pichai. He said they spoke on a wide range of subjects, particularly leveraging the power of technology to transform the lives of Indian farmers, youngsters and entrepreneurs. That's all for today. Have a great day or a good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.